Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Yes, Election Day. It's around the corner. And if you're in California, I need you to vote. I need you to vote. I think you got early vote. Uh, vote just keep, just vote like let's go out not don't vote multiple times just vote one time but make sure you show up to vote because there's some amazing candidates this year we've had her on before i wanted her back and i want to keep having her back because she's brilliant uh she's a candidate for california state controller she's currently the chair of california state board of equalization yes, yes she right. is from the second district Tyler Merritt is here, of course. Let me welcome back to the show. Malia Cohen. Hello. Hey, everyone. I'm glad to be back. Glad yes. to be back as a, as a victor, a victor, victorious. Yes. T- talk about it. Last well, time. the last yes. time I was here, it was right before the June primary, and I was competing against four other Democrats as well as a Republican. And so a status update is we won that election. Now Let's it's go. just me, the Republican, headed to the ballot uh, next Tuesday. Uh, November 8th is the deadline. Here in California, we are a 100% vote by mail state, which means that every uh, uh, registered voter has a ballot mailed to them. And that they got their ballots on October 10th. So that means that they had their ballots. If you're like me, you still haven't turned your ballot in. So I want to encourage people to get that deadline, to meet that deadline. Yeah, don't, don't wait. Don't wait till Tuesday, y'all. Don't do that. Don't like, wait. Turn it in there, There's a strategy to my waiting, but... Yes. Well, talk about that, because we we know in Georgia, there's a record early voting among mostly black people. Right. We there's a record early voting. But we also know that the GOP has a strategy to vote on Election Day. So, you know, we have to do all of the strategy. We can't just, you know, early vote. We got to vote on Election Day as well. What's your strategy for holding your So my strategy is it's a little bit more technical. You see, what happens is when you vote early, um, it will trigger to all these other different campaigns that you've already voted. And so they won't mail to you anymore. So here's a, here's a, um, a pro tip. If you don't like to receive political mail, vote early. I vote late because I want to receive all the political mail. I want to see everything that they're saying uh, because sometimes things change, you know, uh, and week three may not be the same as you see in week five. So I, I, I hold back to uh, to see what else they're saying, uh, but at this point, I am I got on my schedule to vote today, so I'm going to make a little video to vote. Um, and the the Republicans, their strategy is to vote on election day because they don't have faith in the um, election systems, in the mailbox system. So that is what they call a red wave. So on election day, we do expect to see an overwhelming proportion of votes cast. Um, at least so it's you, here in California. In California, do you have much of an Oath Keepers presence at all at the mailboxes? You mean, are, are Oath Keepers uh, well, driving well, by with guns and using intimidation? Right. I, I, maybe not that deep in it, but yes. Yeah, not, exactly. You're, you're right. Not that deep in it. Um, there are not very, a lot of uh, reports like you're seeing in Georgia, like you're starting to see in Florida and some of the other parts of the country. However, there are some red parts in the state of California, some red counties like Orange County. Um, and um, there, in some pockets, there are reports of intimidation. <sighs> I don't know what to think of this uh, period of time that we're in. And I've been usually very good with predicting things and, you know, having my finger on the pulse. This is, we're in utter chaos, in my opinion, you know, uh, across the country, like, 
state to state it is i don't know what to make of georgia i don't i don't i'm like how is herschel walker even polling like what the hell is happening you know it's just so weird it's so weird and california is one of those states that it it is a tale of two cities literally right it's true i think the the answer to your question karen really honestly comes down to money money. See, the GOP, the national GOP, they have billions of dollars that they're able to pour into into racists. So that is why a candidate like Herschel Walker can can surge because there's so much money being poured in, so much, uh, so many resources to pull out their voters, to influence them, their thinking and their and, and as, as well as their vote. And so you're constantly battling um, what we call dark money, because what happens is, is that at least in, certainly in the state of California, you've got money that's being put in through independent expenditures and you don't know where or who that money is coming from. Speaking of money, mm. you are asking the voters of, of California to make you controller. Yes, you're right. going to be there. Uh, how would you how would you describe the controller's role? For people who are because you know these are these are elections that we don't pay attention to mm-hmm. governor and senator we should, and we house, but you control the purse strings so you're even more important than somebody's maybe their senator even in terms of their life right well let me tell you so the controller acts as the state accountant and the bookkeeper uh tracking uh the, and controlling the disbursements of tax dollars and that means as a fancy word for saying she writes the checks so the legislature will say, hey, we're going to give this organization $100 uh, million. My job is to say, okay, yes, we got $100 million to give. And okay, let me write you the check. Here is $100 million. In a few years time, when that money has ex- uh, been run out, I will go in and I will audit. And I will say, did you use the money accurately? Was it a waste of money? Was there any fraud? So me, my role would be a watchdog. I'm going to watch every single penny, how it is spent, and then account for it and present it back to you. So that means presenting it back to the governor through the Department of Finance or presenting it back to the legislature through their committee structure and hearing. So it's an independent position in a sense that um, I'm not beholden to the legislature or the governor, but just beholden to taxpayers. Can I ask, what would you say to... Um, Because it doesn't take a whole lot to do research now for individuals on a candidate, this, that, and the other. And I know that you have an interesting story from your past is where you've come financially to now be in the position to where you want this job. Can you speak on maybe some of the things that you've gone through as a person so that we can connect you on a personal level and maybe speak to a little bit of your strengths that have now brought you to this place to be able to lead, lead us in that way? Absolutely. So this campaign has really been predicated on equity, equitable distribution of tax dollars. We know the wealthy gets their fair share. We know that they have their representation with the lawyers and we know they have representation with lobbyists. I want to do a game shift here in the state of California, which, by the way, is now the fourth largest economy in the world. Two weeks ago, we just surpassed the country of Germany when we're talking about money. And so in my background, Um, I have had financial successes as well as what some can consider failures. Uh, 13 years ago, I had a foreclosure uh, on a condo. Mm. Um, Mm. Karen, you had mentioned in in the remarks earlier in this conversation about having a business and having a failed business. And there are things that you learned 
through the hard road, the, 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 taking the hard way. Most people, most Californians actually, 3.5 million actually lost homes in foreclosure, 10 million across the country. And this is during the crisis. So we know for a fact that there was a, a real systematic targeting, particularly in the African-American and the communities of color. So what did I do as a result of that? Not only is my credit back bounced back, and so was really diligent about building that credit back up, um, but also carried policy to hold banks accountable. And as controller, I would be able to continue to hold these lending institutions accountable. You hear about banking, banks, banking institutions opening up accounts, nefarious accounts and people's names. That is bad behavior. You hear about underinvestment, banks not investing in communities of color. You think about um, the home mortgage, subprime mortgage craziness that happened. I mean, there are a lot of things that have happened because someone wasn't paying attention and or they weren't holding these banks accountable. And so coming from that, I think that my background lends itself to everyday Californians. Not everybody is born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Right. And even if we were to take Donald Trump for a, an example, although born with a silver spoon in a, his mouth, even he had bankruptcies and setbacks. Six, and six of them. Yes. Six. So this is not a, a setback to, to disqualify you from life or ever moving ahead. I think the real test is how you bounce back. Mm. And so the, the way, Tyler, that I bounce back is I've carried legislation to protect working class people. I have was a part of a lawsuit to go after banks um, that gave out um uh, during the sub-mortgage prime lending. Ironically, Kamala Harris was the attorney general. She led that uh, lawsuit, which we won. And uh, so these are just like examples that are related to the state of California, but moreover to all of the listeners that, that, that are listening to this conversation is, is that there are ways and financial tools that government can help you. Earned income tax credit, for example, gives women that um, women, particularly heads of household, but not just women, if you make a certain amount of money, you can qualify for the earned income tax credit. And that means the state of California will put money back into your account. That means that there is there's a tax credit for childcare. So there are some incentives when it comes to taxes that I want to make sure that we are talking about and people have access to this information. So frankly, they're not leaving any money on the table. So is it fair to say then that this is personal for you? Absolutely. I love it that. It is fair to say that this is personal. Running for office is personal. They, they, they chop you up and they treat you like a dog. Yes. But you always remember who you are serving. Because if mm. they treat me and I know the game, imagine how they treat mm. the average person who doesn't know the game or don't have the resources to play. Malia Cohen is here. She is a candidate for California State Controller. You have your ballots in California. It's real easy. Just, you know, put Malia Cohen. Just It's just easy to do. Uh, just do it, you know. Uh, to, to this bankruptcy, because I think many of us, you know, you're talking about an eight-year period of something on your credit that makes it virtually impossible because home ownership is a building block, or it used to be, to wealth. And your credit is super important. So if you could walk us through a little bit, I know it's not Thrive Thursday, but this is another kind of wellness today, Wellness Wednesday. The steps you took, first of all, to to get out of the bankruptcy or to rebuild your your credit life, but also what happened for you to to get there in the first place as a cautionary tale? Sure. So not only um, 
not so this this all actually happened before I was even elected in office. So I've been in office elected about 13 years. And so this foreclosure was happening as I was running. And so mm. what I saw was opponents try to use this as a tool to weaken me. And, you know, there's this book that's been written a long time ago that says no weapon formed against me will prosper. There's a clause in this book. You see, you might have heard of it. Okay. And I fully believe in that that notion. And um, what it actually did was bolster me to connect with and resonate with real voters. And that is the same thing that I'm seeing today. So the steps that I took were very basic, right? You pay your bills on time, you minimize, you, 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 lower, your, you lower the amount of money that is going out versus the amount of money that is coming in. So being cautious and aware about, uh, about what, where and how the money is being spent. And um, as a result, um, credit bureaus no longer uh, account for the, um, for the uh, for the foreclosure on the record, I mean, it takes seven seven. Uh, I think it's seven years. It was on the on the credit history. Now, my husband and I, we have a beautiful home. We're still in San Francisco, and have have bounced back and have been able to move forward. And so, building that credit is important. There are many resources that are available that are free, that are out there um, to help people build their credit. There are um, there was a movement that your utility bill could help build your credit. So there's always some kind of a piece of even legislation where legislation policy come together to affect finances. And I think the one thing that I want your listeners to know is that um, we need, we do need to make money moves like Cardi B said. Okay. And that we need to be really smart about where we're in, where our money and how we're spending. So I would encourage people just to do a Google search. How do I invest a thousand dollars? How do I invest $200. You don't even have to have $1,000. Average, most average uh, members of the United States don't even have $500 to, um, for a savings, a savings plan. So I would say my, my advice would be to be incremental, set a goal, pay off this credit card debt. We got student loan. You got Biden giving out money for student loans. We got uh, uh, loan debt forgiveness programs. Like this is a really good time. The wealthy are not the only ones that are able to capitalize on on um, on President Biden's uh, policies. I can't let me speak to this real quick, Karen, too. From my own personal standpoint, first of all, I love everything that you're saying. And I wish I lived in California because you you know you would have my vote. Um, but I want to talk about the credit thing for 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 an issue for a second. We need to, especially as black people, stop falling into the idea that bad credit is just associated with with black folks. OK, um, we need to stop falling into that that thing that suddenly becomes us when oftentimes and this is from my own personal experience. What helped me dynamically with my credit in my early 40s was being aware of what my credit actually was, not being afraid of it not trying to be like, I don't know what my numbers are, but now they make it very easy with multiple credit apps. You see commercials on it all the time. You can go and download an app that will tell you right now what your credit score is. It will tell you the next five things that you need to pay off to help raise it. We are in a place right now where education on your credit is at your fingertips. And I would just encourage your listeners to not be afraid of your credit because you're going to need it not just for a car, for a home. Don't be afraid of it. First thing you need to do is dive in and to see what it is and then take the simple steps of how to fix it. Sometimes we can get intimidated when we hear save $1,000 or save $5,000. That pushes just right aside. No, just start with knowing what, you're, what you have and where you're at and then take the baby steps to start to come out of that. You're right. And you know, also, Tyler, if I can add, don't be afraid to negotiate with your creditors. 
You got a credit card. You ask, how do I bring down my interest rate? Can you bring it down just a little bit? I've had a series of three months of good, good faith payments. Can we bring it down one or two percentage points? And that's so something that people also, only know they can ask. That's fantastic. That's right. That's right. And so monitoring our credit, like we like uh, like we monitor social media, is mm. going to be our homework as we continue to march into the 21st century. And our fiscal health is going to um, is going to only bolster our standing in in America. Amen. Um, I couldn't agree more. And now employers are actually using your credit score as well to determine who's going to be a good risk in a job. So it is, it's everywhere. And we owe it to ourselves to be fastidious in taking care of that. Like we are on social media to your point. Uh, Malia Cohen is here, uh, state controller, <laughs> controller for the state of California to be, uh, when y'all turn in y'all's ballots uh, between now and Tuesday, and please do not miss this opportunity because again, we need someone in that seat. That's not in that seat as a stepping stone um, is in that seat because they care about y'all because they care about you uh, and they've been through it. So they know what it's supposed to look like. And I, I think we need to elect more people that have skin in the game. You know, when they talk about Stacey Abrams in Georgia having debt and Obama, President Obama having student loan debt when he was running for president, still had debt. If that book didn't sell, he still would have been broke in office. Right. Because this is the country that we live in and it shouldn't cost that much to go to school and it shouldn't cost that much to have a home. But yet here we are. And today, Federal Reserve uh, Chair said some things about inflation. And I feel like a lot of this is fear. I feel like we're forcing, you know, unemployment. There's going to be this wave of unemployment. I feel like the government almost is putting their thumb on the scale to get people out of jobs so that they can reduce inflation. I feel like there's a lot of artificial things happening. How do we, how do we, cause, but they're real. When we go to the grocery store, we go to the gas station. It's real for us to spend dollar more than what we spent last, you know, a couple of years ago on gas or on basic food needs, milk and bread, et cetera. How do, how do we navigate this current crisis, quote unquote, that we're in, Malia Cohen? I think the way we need to navigate is uh, being very mindful. Uh, do you need a subscription at Disney and Hulu? Do you need to have all of these? I mean, I'm just- Wait a minute, hold on. Hold on. Now, wait, a minute. wait a minute, you're doing too much now. Doing too much. <laughs> Am I, I? I've gone from informing to meddling. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Oh. Hold on. Or, or, you know, we got friends and family, so we can always get a... Anyway, we do have ahead, friends continue. and family, but they're trying to crack down on that. Yes, I know that damn Netflix. I was like, I had all of these people on my Netflix. Now they got booted off. How did this happen? All right, go We ahead. all carry... We, this is the thing that I think that's important for us in leadership position is that we all do carry somebody else. We are not just in this space by ourselves. And that's just, that's just the real. And um, if we are going to be caring people, we need to be also be responsible. And so um, we need to teach each other where, um, how to be smart about our money. And so I just use an example about those subscriptions and it could only be temporary. Perhaps it's just for the first quarter, first the first two quarters of the year, right? The first six months um, of, of a year. And then you can come back and, and, and have a resubscribe. There's just, it's a delicate balance. Um, inflation is kind of, you know, a lot of people see it and they feel it, but they don't really understand how it works and how, they know how it impacts them. 
and um, job vulnerability is, is a real thing. Businesses are going to start to contract. They are going to start to let employees go because in the end, these businesses are responsible to their uh, shareholders or to the bottom line. They, they themselves have to survive. And so um, you mentioned this earlier about being a small business owner. I, I think everyone should be, be a small business owner and, has, and have multiple streams of income. They don't have to be a whole lot of income, but just enough to, to help stabilize if, if one of your income streams becomes obstructed. Um, so I always encourage people to start a business, uh, incorporate as an LLC, and begin to look at ways that you can even deduct some costs of your everyday life as a business expense. Now, I just want to say as a disclaimer, I'm not a, a financial planner. And so please, everything that I say, take, take it with a grain of salt and definitely fact check it. But the bottom line is, is that I want people to be inspired to start to think differently. I love it. Uh, 866-801-8255. If you're in California, you have an opportunity to speak to perhaps your next controller. I uh, think that would be great. Malia Cohen is here. Uh, we were talking during the break as well about Fisk. You know, because Tyler's in Nashville, he's a, he's in Tennessee, and I was thinking about the impact of going to an HBCU, you yourself, but also an HBCU name for somebody that was the head of the Freedmen's Abandoned Lands Bureau, one of the people during Reconstruction, which uh, is tied to money, you know, and his endowment, you know, and he was melanemic, led to this school. So, what did you learn going to Fisk that? informs your life today which well you know first of all i'm really impressed that you knew about the freedmen's bureau and how and how Karen, i don't know why Karen knows everything no i don't, I don't know but, but as it relates don't, to money take I it as a compliment you. not okay, as an you. insult no I, I don't feel insulted at all by but you. let me tell you because that freedmen's bureau you're right because it sets the foundation right because fisk was created like many hbcus in 18 um what fisk came around 1867 two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, right? And um, started because they wanted to educate former slaves and children of former slave owners. Fisk is built on 40 acres in East Nashville, uh, on the other sides of the track, right, Tyler? Mm -hmm. The proverbial others, literally. Right. And has, is a beautiful institution, home of W.E.B. Du Bois, home of uh, John Lewis, uh, the father of Good Trouble, started there. I mean, so there is a real history for me personally. I loved every minute of at Fisk University. Now, remember, I grew up in San Francisco, California, different world, different reality than when you transport this young black girl, eight, 18 years old into Nashville, Tennessee, into the Southeast. So I was, um, I remember one thing when I graduated from high school, they said, why do you want to go to a black college? And I was like, why not go to a black college? I didn't even understand the, um, the misperception out there, but I do now. And the misperception was, is that uh, Fisk, that we're all the same. And I, I, I challenge that the diaspora is rich, it's vibrant, and it is diverse. Growing up in San Francisco very much made me different from my friends that went to Pine Bluff and grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, the, versus those that grew, um, uh, grew up in the UK that were studying. Even folks from Chicago, Chicago land was like a different place. So there was a lot of richness and diversity, but the bottom line, the university instilled in me a sense of pride and responsibility. It was like finishing school. Academically, you were stimulated. I was no longer the only black in the class that was the smartest. Uh, we had great lecturers. We had dedicated staff um, and, 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 um, and professors. 
And it was just a really exciting, beautiful place to, 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 to continue to mature into, into a young adulthood. And so I definitely credit Fisk for that. And Fisk is doing a phenomenal job. It is flourishing. We've got new buildings coming up on campus. We've got great partnerships coming on. We've got, we've grown the endowment. So it is taking a turn uh, for the most, for a positive. I tell people oftentimes, especially if they're not familiar with HBCUs, that um, when I speak to the idea of um, Black people, we are not monolithic and there is no one way to be Black. The best way to see that is to take a step onto an HBCU. As soon as you take a step onto an HBCU, you look around and realize that Blackness does not is not one thing. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is deep. There are stories that are that are to be told there. I loved when I was looking into some of your history, the fact that you grew up in the San Francisco area and the high school that you went to, and then you chose to go to Fisk. Um, I know that 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 big change. I went to school in Santa Cruz, California, er, in the Santa Cruz area, and then ended up in Nashville. So I know the feeling of the separation between I'm in one place and then going to the next. So in San, in San Francisco area, were you like closer to the kind of the Oakland area? Where were you at exactly? So Oakland is a whole other city. It's on the other well, side of the bridge. One, 100%. Yeah, I get it. But in the course of the, the northern area, the Bay Area, were you actually in San Francisco? Proper, yes. Okay, I got you. I got you. Tried and true. Born at UCSF. Love it. She's like, yes. All of that. All of that. All right. First day on the job, Malia Cohen, you are sworn in as California State Controller. What's the first thing that you plan on doing? So the I'll, I'll be elected in January, right? The um, sworn election in in will, January, sworn in. Excuse me, elected in November. Uh, the the um, election results will be results will be confirmed in December. The swearing in will take place in January. Okay, so now we're talking January twenty twenty three. The first thing that I would be doing is connecting with staff and building and assessing. Um, assessing the staff that's there and then building from there. I want to make sure that I have a strong team that's around me that is in line with the vision that I have. And the vision that I have, I mentioned a little bit earlier, is making sure that we're paying attention to how these tax dollars are equitably being distributed. And so let me give you an example like what that means. We know that there are hundreds of millions of dollars that are allocated towards the Department of Corrections. Oh. And we know that there are very few audits that happen the Department of Corrections. So one of the most significant tools that we have is the ability to audit. And so I will be looking at past audits and looking at um, thinking of ways to critically look and looking at future audits that we should be looking at. Where are we spending our money? Bottom line is what I want to know. Um, I want to fix the payroll system. Believe it or not, it's broken. It's inefficient. It's old technology. So that's one of the first things that I'm going to be focusing on, the payroll system, um, so that we are paying people correctly. Uh, still to this day, we don't get it right. We underpay people, overpay people, and then have to claw back money. So that's a whole thing, but that's a technology uh, fix that we'll be working on. There are some contracts that are cost that are already in negotiations for technology platforms. I embrace technology and so I want to make sure that we are incorporating it in the state of California um, so that there is a centralized banking system that works. So I got my hand, I got my uh, work cut out for me. But you won the, the primary and you won yeah. against, I think, some very tough candidates. You mm -hmm. came out, you battle tested. <clears throat> 
uh, I think this is going to be really good for the state of California. And California is in a state of flux right now. I don't know what's going to happen with the Karen Bass race. You're, y'all's oh, well, we're going to claim that. We're going to claim it. Yes. Okay. We'll claim victory. But it's pivotal and it could go either way. It's not, it's not a fait accompli and it's not a wholesale democratic state, as you know. True. So uh, we're going to put some warm prayers out uh, for you. And I'm going to ask you to come back frequently as controller and let's have, you know, maybe quarterly some conversations about yeah. money in California because it's the fourth largest economy, you said, in the, in the world. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you for not being afraid to tell us about your personal story and where you come from. Because I, I think that connects to us way more than you could possibly understand. Because there are listeners right now who are going, that's fine and dandy where you're at now, but where have you been? Thank you for exactly taking the time right. to share that with us. That means a lot. Amen. That's right. That's right. People may not, people may be able to Google the story, but they don't know the pain. They don't know the, the hours uh, of on my knees and prayer and, 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 and supplication and on all of that to, to get us there. And that's the story that needs to be told. And so we do need to be bold in telling that story. Tyler, thank you for bringing it out of me. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. MaliaCohen.us. MaliaCohen.us. At MaliaCohen. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.